How do you do? It really is a delight to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, my Bible is open today. It's open to the book of Titus. In case you're a new listener, we are walking through the book of Titus in a verse-by-verse study. I give outlines as we go through. So besides the opportunity to open your Bible and make sure that what I'm reading is actually found there, why don't you also reach over and get something on which you can jot some notes. We're dealing in a very practical section of God's Word about how pastors are to function in caring for the people in their church and particularly the older people. The Bible has not left us in a lurch for want of information how our churches are to operate. We're in one of those passages today. So if you can, get your Bible open and join me there. I've got a gospel tract in front of me. I want to encourage you to get not only this one, but a whole sample packet. Our ministry, Bible Tracts Incorporated, has a mission statement to which we've added a little uh, extra phrase this year. This is our 80th year of ministry. So our mission statement this year says, taking the word of God to all the world, here's the extra, 80 years and counting. We have been publishing and giving away free of charge gospel tracts all over the world for 80 years. God has been so faithful and God's people have been faithful in taking them and using these gospel tools and thousands upon thousands upon thousands have come to Christ. So please let me give you some gospel tracts. I'll say more about one here in just a moment, but let me prepare us for a Bible study this way. In preparing for this study through the book of Titus, I was reading some other things, and this particular story came out, a truth came out that I want to share with you. It was in a book written by another Bible teacher, but I'm reading now and quoting. It says, in towns that were strongly pagan, we're talking about the first century towns, in towns that were strongly pagan, Christian women would go through the streets and marketplaces searching for abandoned newborns who were unwanted and had been left to die by their parents. I'm skipping now and saying this. Some male babies were raised to be slaves and gladiators, and some girls were trained for prostitution. Christian women who rescued these infants would give them to their church families for adoption. That's, I'm going to end the quote right there. Oh, my friend, I call that a significant ministry, don't you? That was a holy, righteous, and Christ-like thing. And these godly Christian women there in the first century literally altered the destinies of many a people. There were significant assignments for church ladies there in the first century, and I submit to you that there are still very significant assignments for women in our churches today. To carry them out, a local church needs a group of godly, older women, and that's exactly what we're looking at here in Titus 2. Get your Bible and join me, please. Well, before I get done with our tracks, let me encourage you to get this particular track from us. This one's entitled, Do You Know For Sure? Do you know for sure? This track is a little different style than the rest. It's a little small booklet. It's four inches wide and two, two and a half inches tall. 
It fits so nicely into a pocket or your purse. But dear friend, this track is written for people of our present era. I jokingly sometimes say it's written for millennials because it's written in short bursts of statements here like you would find in a tweet when you go to a phone and so on. But friend, this track, Do You Know For Sure, lays out so clearly, so simply, God's plan of salvation. If you are wondering how you can be more effective in telling the gospel, get this track and read it. This track, by the way, was designed with Mormons in mind to clearly lay out why they need to receive Jesus Christ as the eternal creator, God as their savior, and get a proper biblical view of who Jesus is. It's a tremendous track. Do you know for sure? Be ready when my announcer gives our contact information. If you give us your name and mailing address, we'll send you a sample packet containing one each of all of our English gospel tracks, including this one, Do You Know? for sure. You can, by the way, just go to our website, which is BibleTracksInc.org. BibleTracksInc, that word tracks is spelled T-R-A-C-T-S. If your Bible's open there, I begin reading at verse 3, Titus 2, verse 3. It says, The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior, as becometh holiness. What does holiness look like? It goes on and says, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. All of that is uh, culminates in that statement, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, these verses were addressed to pastors. These verses were uh, written to Titus as to how to find and train godly pastors for the churches there on the island of Crete. These verses have been left to us as a pattern for what pastors need to do, be doing in every era. Now, yesterday on the broadcast, I said that a pastor has to be balanced in his preaching. He must balance the task of clearly preaching the gospel to the lost, but balance that with declaring sound teaching that builds up the believers. Verses 3, 4, and 5 are what a pastor is to be preaching to the older women in his congregation. There are two basic categories here uh, of how older women's lives are to manifest godliness here. It is in her mouth and it is in her mothering, her mouth and her mothering. Verse 3 deals primarily with what goes into and out of her mouth. Yesterday, we saw what is not to come out of her mouth and what was to come out of her mouth. But here in verse 3, you're going to see those words. Are you ready for them now? Here they are. Not given too much wine. Now, pages upon pages Passages like this one have been used by present-day believers to open the door for what is called social drinking. In its basic meaning here, these words found here in Titus 2 and verse 3 say that godly, holy, older women are not to be addicted to enslaving substances. That is the basic point. Now, when I was a youngster, I was going to a Bible-preaching church. There was no Bible-preaching church in our town, none at all, no matter what the label was, that allowed for social drinking. They all taught that God's people need to be total abstainers from alcoholic beverages. 
in today's environment, we need to add things like drugs, in particular marijuana, since it's become legal some places. Now, my friend, why are people who name Jesus as Savior spending so much effort to say that Christians really can be social drinkers? Why don't we simply say that God has already given us his advice on this issue? It's found in Proverbs chapter 23. We have just come through the 500th anniversary of what we call the Protestant Reformation. And it's a great, great time to remember what happened there. One of the championed statements of the Reformation was this, sola scriptura, sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. This is how we come to our beliefs, scripture alone. Well, how about we apply that to the issue of social drinking? We live in places where clean water is available and where a whole lot of other things that are available to drink that are non-addictive, they're open to us. Why play around on the fringes with things that can have the ability to control our bodies and our minds? God's Word says don't give an occasion to the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. God's Word says don't put a stumbling block in the way of another person in Romans chapter 14. Now, one of the characteristics of a gospelized life is that we display a life free from the passions of the flesh. So many in your community and so many in my community are living lives controlled by alcohol and other drugs. They, those people in that condition, they identify drinking and drugs with a life pattern of non-church people, non-followers of Jesus. They see their, themselves doing deeds of unholiness. There has been all kinds of books and articles written on both sides of this issue of drinking or not drinking by believers. I can find all kinds of things. You can find all kinds of things to, uh, to defend whatever position you really want to take. So I again say, why not listen to God? Why not say, God, do you have any advice on this matter? And he does. And be a person who is wise enough to say, you know, God would not have left me his advice if it wasn't advice I needed to take. Take his advice rather than somebody's favorite pastor, favorite teacher, favorite book writer, whatever. Now, these words here in Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, these words come as part of a passage about how holy older women live their lives, how they practice holy living. Holy women live their lives as a pattern of Christ-likeness in what comes out of their mouths and by way of words and so on, and what then goes into their mouths by way of controlling substances. I know that what I'm saying right here runs contrary to many uh, a thing and many a preacher in various places. I'm not looking to one-up anybody. I'm just saying we need to be people who base what we believe on sola scriptura. We can either go to God's advice and say, look not upon the wine while it's red, while it moves in the cup. That's very obviously strong drink. We can find all kinds of arguments and all kinds of things that have been written, but why don't we just be simple faith people 
putting our faith in the clear statements of the Word of God. Dear friend, if you're listening today and you have a life dominated by alcohol, dominated by drugs, those things are controlling you, I have good news for you. There is a, a, a way to be set free from your enslavement. It's not in a 12-step program. I'm not demeaning those, but 12-step programs are just a program. I want to direct your eyes, your fixed gaze, to the person of Jesus Christ. What you're involved in is called sin. God gave you your body. He gave your body that you might, through it, bring glory to him. But you're not because your body's enslaved. There's a person. His name is Jesus. He's the Christ, the creator God, who out of love, out of tenderness, came and took upon a body. He lived on earth with the express purpose of going to Calvary's cross, there dying in your place to pay your sin debt, not only to cleanse your sin record and make it clean, but to free you from the enslavement of sin. He will do that if you turn your life over to Him. Receive Christ as your Savior. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.